Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. It's the BNS in 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Your daily download of X929's X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna. It is Thursday, June 30th, 2022. I'm Shauna Beckler once again away today. And then we're both off tomorrow, of course, for Canada Day. What are you doing? What are you, are, are you celebrating? Uh, Canada Day might be one of my favorite days of the year. I think it is actually the best party of the year. It's always a great time of year weather-wise. It's always a time that everybody wants to go and have a bunch of drinks and enjoy the sunshine and always great. Uh, I'm actually spending tomorrow driving to Saskatoon, although I'm going to leave early, so I'll get there around 2 o'clock and then I'll be able to celebrate Canada Day then. And uh, I'm going to see the Arkells July 2nd is kind of my Canada Day celebration. They're playing in Saskatoon. My boyfriend and I, again, he lives up in PA, so we're meeting in Saskatoon kind of part way and going to spend the weekend out there. So still pretty exciting. Uh, Not going to be doing a whole ton tomorrow per se. Today, though, I have a rather ambitious plan. I'm going to leave work. I actually woke up earlier today. I woke up at 3 in the morning so that I could get all of my work done in advance and pack my car so that right after work, I can leave, drive straight to Sunshine and go snowboarding on June 30th. So that's my plan today. Actually, my car has all of my biking stuff and all of my snowboarding stuff in it at this moment because my dream is to be able to snowboard for a while and then I'm going to come down and on my way back into town, I'm going to hit Banff and I'm going to bike around Banff for a little bit and have a day where I can snowboard and bike in shorts on the same day. This has been a dream of mine for a long time, so I'm pretty excited. I actually, I didn't need to wake up as early as I did, but I woke up excited for the prospect of what today brings. So here we are, running on a bit of adrenaline, I think, right now, because yeah, 3 a.m. comes early. That being said, I'll, I'll let you know how it goes when we get back on uh, next week. In the meantime, we talk about a type of friend that I think everybody has, and I I need some advice on how to deal with them. You'll have a friend like this. Maybe you can help me out with this. I have a super badass etymology today, thanks to friend of the show, Dan. It's one that you'll probably be able to use this weekend, actually. You can share your newfound knowledge. I encountered something awful last night, something that kids should not be allowed to do, and I'm... I don't know what to do with these parents. I feel like they need to be disciplined. But first, a eulogy. Beckler makes a guest appearance in this as well. Um, this is for a, a big venue in town that's no longer here. So we'll get to that first. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Well, this is really sad news, but we've been informed recently that the Gateway is closing, which, well, if you don't know, it's the venue on student campus at SAIT. And uh, we've hosted a ton of shows there, and I, I have a lot of great memories from there. But I know a bunch of friends who went to SAIT or students at SAIT now, they're absolutely devastated by this. And as you should be, I mean... Having a place like that on campus is phenomenal, and I feel like it's really important. Like, a campus bar is where you meet people, where you can go and unwind, right? Like, the campus bar uh, where I went, Ryerson University, I met tons of friends there. In fact, I think I met most of my friends there because everybody just kind of goes, hangs out, congregates for lunch or whatever, and then meets people, right, of like-minded studies and that kind of thing. And the fact that the Gateway was big enough to host shows like Mother Mother and Yukon Blonde and July Talk and having that on campus, like that is phenomenal. So, I mean, all this being said, I feel it's only fair to send the Gateway off in proper fashion. I feel like we need to eulogize the Gateway. And I mean, even though Beckler isn't here, I've actually asked him to do the musical tribute at the end anyway. So he will also make an appearance. But here we are. Some sincere words for 
the gateway at Sate. We are gathered here today to remember the gateway at Sate, a place for students to bond and get drunk together, and a great venue to see your favorite band, a place known for cheap drinks and even cheaper food like dollar nachos. Fantastic value for poor students, by the way. The Gateway was a venue small enough to feel like you're getting intimate with the band. Well, not intimate like that, you know what I mean, but was also just big enough to be able to dance and make a complete fool of yourself in front of strangers. And that view, the Gateway had the best view for a music venue in the city. Many great bands played here and many, many a new friend were made while waiting in the bathroom lineup, slightly drunk. And for that, I am thankful. Now, for a musical tribute from Beckler. Please go ahead. Gateway today. Gateway tomorrow. Gateway for all the things I didn't do for you. So beautiful. DNS in 20 minutes or less. Etymology with Shauna. So, friend of the show, Dan, asked me about this, uh, the origin of the term bonfire. So many people are probably going to having a bonfire this weekend, and I was like, ooh, that's a good one. But when Dan first asked this, I, I just assumed that it would be from the French word bon, which just means good, right? And in that case, bonfire just meant good fire. And when I looked into it, some resources originally thought this, but as more research was done, this was actually disproven. So the word bonfire is derived from the Middle English bonefire, which literally means a fire of bones. Well, that's a hell of a lot more badass, isn't it? But I mean, I guess when you think of it, like this custom is nothing new. People have burned bones forever at funerals, to dispose of dead animals, that kind of thing. But uh, some date this custom back specifically to churches. There are actual documented instances of churches making fires out of bones so that the smoke would drive away dragons. That was the belief. So bonfires or bone fires date back to the time when people actually believed that dragons existed and they needed to ward them off. There are also a bunch of documented cases of these special bone fires as part of a celebration. One of the big celebrations where people would make these special bone fires was on the eve of St. John or on June 23rd as part of the summer solstice. So these bonfires would be then lit to celebrate the summer solstice. On this day, apparently, it would be children who would be sent off to go collect the bones as well which is a bit different. So these children would go out to the woods and they'd find bones and then they'd toss them into these fires. And I guess every hamlet back then would do this on the summer solstice. That was a bit of a different time though. Like pretty sure if you were to go and ask your children to go find bones in the woods these days, they'd freak right out, right? But uh, there you go. If you have a bonfire this weekend, you can now tell people what it actually means. Oh, that's a fire of bones actually. DNS in 20 minutes or less. So a fake Beckler and Shauna Facebook account presented itself yesterday. This is very exciting because this obviously means that we've made it. Somebody felt we were important enough to actually craft a fake account. Uh, the thing is, they they spelled both our names wrong at different points. Like the link to this Facebook page spelled Beckler without a K. And then the page title itself spelled my name with only one N. So... I mean, I guess we should be flattered, but not that flattered, as obviously we were assigned the bad scammers to work on our page, right? They looked at our page and they were like, oh yeah, these guys, we'll assign the noobs to them, work out the kinks on these 
Z-list celebrities first, and then you'll work your way up to the D-list celebs. Honestly, I was like, who's making these pages? It's not that hard to at least get her name spelled correctly. Like, copy and paste it from the website, for God's sakes. Like, I wonder if the person who designed our page actually got into trouble for that. Like, I don't really know how these scams work. Is is somebody hiring people to do this? Like, is someone's job description just crafting fake Facebook pages? Or is it just some individual in their mom's basement being like, I know who I want to imposter today. These people also started reaching out to fans of the real X Facebook page about a contest of some sort. But here's the thing. They even failed at that because they were responding to comments on posts from like four years ago. Like, come on, mate. Respond to current comments. Nobody's going to believe you're legit if you just start randomly commenting on a post from four years ago. Like, did you listen to anything in your How to Be a Pro Scammer training course, or were you just doodling the whole time? The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Do you have a friend who's chronically late? I feel like everybody has that one friend, or at least a couple of questions, or, or friends, rather. And I have a question, if you do. How do you handle that? Because I have one friend who is at least 45 minutes late 100% of the time. And I've just kind of come to know this about them. So now when we pick a time to meet, I will actually leave my place 30 minutes later than I normally would, knowing I'll still be waiting, but at least just for a few minutes. But I always kind of wonder how other people deal with this. Like, do you tell that person a different time? Do you actually do that? Like, you tell them half an hour earlier so they're not late? Do you just leave later like I do to account for their lateness? Do you actually sit your chronically late friend down and chat to them about time management and try and fix this for them? It's funny because I feel like, again, everybody has this friend, but I've never thought to ask other people how you deal with that. Like if something is extremely time sensitive, it's a little bit stressful to invite somebody who you know will probably be late. No, like... But it's funny, the people I know who are this way, they, they're aware of it in themselves. In fact, they will, you know, brag about it almost. They'll be like, yes, I'm the one who's always late. That's just me. You know, and I'm, I'm kind of just like, okay, I can accept this as well. But also, can you not correct that? Like, can you not just maybe leave everywhere a little bit earlier so you're not always late? Or is it just part of the DNA? You know, either way, I never fault people for this. I just, again, account for it. Once you get to know them, you're like, oh, yes, yes, yes. I know how late you'll be. It's fine. We'll meet at this time, whatever. But it is a bit strange. You're like, are you like, are you late for important meetings at work too? Or how, how does that work? The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. So after we talked about this, I got a few messages. One from a friend of the show, Roger. And Roger said, I had a friend like that, always late, extremely frustrating. I just put up with it. He knew he was always late. Also, when my wife would put on parties, almost every single guest would be up to an hour late. And she hated this. She started to tell these guests to come over an hour earlier. She would tell the guests that were on time, the actual time, and then people would all kind of arrive at the same time. Now, I asked it because we've talked about this before on the air, Beckler and I, about parties. And people always show up an hour late. It's almost become the thing to do. If somebody says start time is this, everyone shows up an hour after that. But Roger said this was for dinner parties. You can't do that for a dinner party. People are planning that this stuff is made at a certain time so it's still hot and it's tasty for you. You can't show up late for a dinner party. That's even worse. Even the parties thing, though, I still don't understand. Like, don't show up. Like, if, if there's a time that things start, just show up on time. No? Like, it's very confusing that 
People immediately go, oh, 7 p.m. start? So that means 8. Like, when did that become a thing? I'm not really sure. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Rebecca and I were talking recently about specific lyrics that are overused in different genres of music. And I got thinking about all the songs that talk about all those crazy things we do for love. You know, in fact, there are a bunch of songs even titled this, like What I Would Do For Love or What I Wouldn't Do For Love. I'd do any for anything for you, that kind of thing. And I have to be honest, I... I find this a little disingenuous. Like those songs talk about how we'd move mountains for love or climb the tallest mountains. You'd go, you know, go into the deepest valleys or, I mean, even die for love. You know, if somebody told me that they'd die for me, I think I'd be like, okay, you need to simmer down over there. Okay. Just chill out a minute. Like, don't get me wrong. Love is a strong thing. I get this. Okay. But I feel like eventually all of us would draw the line, like climb the tallest mountain in the world for love. Like, I went on a hike this past week, and let me tell you, okay, wandering uphill out for a few hours, I realized that I would not, in fact, climb the tallest mountain for love. I'm sorry, but if my boyfriend was stranded atop the tallest mountain, and he phoned me or somehow, you know, sent a message to me and was like, look, I'm up here, you need to rescue me, I'd be like, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to call a Sherpa, okay, and I'm going to tell him where you are, all right, closest coordinates I can find, okay, I love you. We're going to hope for the best here, but I am not climbing Mount Lamb Lamb for you. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Something awful happened to me last night. Uh, so as I was trying to wind down around 9 or so, and I crawled into bed, and I know that's embarrassing to say out loud, but yes, I'm up at 3.30, so I have to try and at least start thinking of bed by 9. Okay, and the sun's still out. It's terrible at this time of year. Anyway, as I'm about to doze off finally, the sound wakes me up. I'm trying to think of it. I'm like, what in the hell is that? And as I continue to listen, I realize that what I'm hearing is a child belting out on a recorder outside. And when I heard this, I was like, you cannot be serious here. So I went to the window and I looked out and sure as hell, there was a child in the park across the street from me standing there just blasting on his plastic red recorder. Now that should not be allowed. Okay. And it's not like this kid was doing a recorder performance even. He was playing the same note over and over as loud as he could off a recorder. Allowing your child to take the devil's instrument out into a busy park downtown and blast it for all the downtown buildings to hear. This should be a chargeable offense. Whose parent is letting this happen? Like you can, that thing's bad enough on its own, you know, inside somebody's house. You can't bring that out into public and then just start blasting it. The only explanation I can think of, I'm wondering if this kid just loves his recorder and he wants to take it everywhere and every time his parents confiscated, he freaks out. So they're like, fine, you can bring the recorder. But even still, I mean, now we're all being subject to this and it woke me up in the middle of the night. Just one note on a red recorder. Shouldn't be allowed. That should honestly be a chargeable effect. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Well, it is time for the most important part of this radio program. It's the Friday morning pizza chat brought to you by Atlas Pizza. I got a pizza. You know, I like the idea of that one. I think they could have probably done a little bit better than they did, but that's fine. You know what? 
Valiant effort regardless. Black Eyed Peas. Of course, I've got a feeling. Uh, I was reading about this new pizza robot that is being designed right now. And this kind of thing has happened before. We've we've talked about automated pizza this and, you know, the, these pizza vending machines that are coming out and that type of thing. This one, though, is a little more promising in that it's being designed by a rocket scientist. So a rocket scientist is working on this. In fact, he quit his job. I believe he worked at SpaceX Okay, and he left the job at SpaceX, the rocket company, Elon Musk's rocket company, to work on this pizza robot. So you know that this is a smart man who is going to think of everything and probably make this successful. In fact, we've talked recently about how the Super Soaker was also designed by a rocket scientist. He worked at NASA, and he too quit his job eventually, and he designed the Super Soaker, which then became the best-selling children's toy in the world. So this is why I think this pizza robot has a bit of a, a promise to it. Now this guy, what he's doing is he's looking into a cheap way to make pizza very affordably and very quickly. So he says it takes about 45 seconds with this robot. It's only going to cost $7 to order. So he's hoping to go head to head with all the major pizza companies because of this. And he's so far raised $9 million in funding, and he's actually gotten a few of his rocket friends, his rocket scientist friends, to jump on board as well. So all very promising stuff. But he's been experimenting for years. He's trying to perfect it. And it looks like there's some prototypes that will be released right away. And he should be getting this on the market within the next little while here. So brace yourselves. Pizza robots could become a thing that you get your pizza from. Now, I always hate when you take the human element out of something. It's always very concerning. And I still think that pizza does have to be designed with love. You know, I think you can taste it if it's not. So this is my big concern for this whole thing. This rocket scientist can get all the nitty-gritty down correctly obviously in the calculations but if he doesn't sprinkle a little bit of love onto that i don't i don't think it's gonna fly Gemma eat pizza like a gangster a real gangster ass pizza got them bronies a real gangster ass pizza got sweet banana peppers real gangster ass pizza got and show bns in 20 minutes or less so i don't know if you guys realize this but we're actually on rations right now we're on sriracha sauce rations uh, so I guess there's a shortage of red jalapeno chili peppers because of this drought in Mexico. And because of that, the company that produces the most popular sriracha sauce, which is Hoi Fong Foods, it's that, that big red bottle with the green top, you know the one. So they've announced that they have to halt production. They actually said recently that if any company placed an order for sriracha after April 19th, those orders will not be fulfilled until after Labor Day. So for several months, they're quitting production entirely. And I, okay, so I love sriracha sauce. Of course, because of this, I've been on the hunt and I've gone to a bunch of different grocery stores and I haven't been able to find it anywhere. It's been sold out already, probably because of people who are as obsessed as I am. That is until yesterday. I found some sriracha sauce. There were only a couple bottles left and it was on the shelf and it was the tiny bottles, ones that I didn't even know existed, so smaller than I've ever seen. And then it said on the shelf, only one sriracha per family. Not even per person, but per family. We talking like immediate family here or, or extended family? Like, if, if I live with a boyfriend and they're not technically my family, can we both get one? This is serious, okay? I have all my friends on high alert for this stuff as well. I might have to start paying people to stock up for me. It actually crossed my mind to bring a, a tickle trunk of disguises in my car and then just keep walking back in pretending to be somebody else. Hello, I'm George. Yes, give me my sriracha. Also, I realize how first world problem this is, okay? We're not rationing water or bread, you know, the necessities, but a condiment 
we're we're rationing hot sauce because we we just can't stand the thought of having our twenty dollar ramen without a little extra pizzazz. Okay. We are rationing our spicy pizzazz right now. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Audio. The Interrupters consist of three brothers known as the Bavona Brothers, along with Amy Interrupter. The three brothers grew up in an extremely musical household. Their dad was a musician and granddad was a musician. When Amy first moved to L.A., she just wandered the Sunset Strip asking randoms if they wanted to be in her band. She wound up meeting some guys. They formed a punk band and played one show that Randy Jackson happened to be at. He liked Amy's sound and passed her music around to his connections. She wound up getting a record deal out of it for her solo stuff. Unfortunately, her solo album was never actually released, and nobody knows why. Amy had a really tough upbringing. Her mom was in an abusive relationship and eventually foster care stepped in. She started pulling out her eyelashes, eyebrows, and hair, developing an obsessive compulsive disorder known as trichotillomania. The Interrupters are signed to Hellcat Records, the same record label as the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones and Rancid. What is a Hellcat? A Hellcat is a woman regarded as bad-tempered and evil. Another definition describes it as a woman who practices sorcery or a person who torments others. It's also the name of a vehicle model, although the maker likes to point out the car is not named after an evil woman, but instead after a World War II fighter plane of the same name. Audio. You've been listening to the BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. You want more? Then tune in to X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna live on Calgary's Alternative X929. Monday through Friday, 6 to 10 a.m. Mountain Time at X929.ca. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and have BNS and 20 Minutes or Less downloaded daily to whatever device you use. Later.